Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and exercise our priestly ministry. Remember, before you're anything else on this earth, you're a priest, a royal priesthood. Before we minister to one another, the most important thing is to minister to the Lord. And what I want you to do right now is just begin to praise Him. I want you to begin to speak of His greatness and His majesty. I want you to pour it on Him. Tell Him of His greatness. Extol Him. Praise Him. Tell Him who He is, His names, His greatness. Thank Him for His deeds. I want you to praise Him. It's prophecy. Prophetic praise. Open your mouth. You can't praise with your mouth shut. And he's worthy of praise. All right? This is your first ministry to the Lord. Praise him right now. Just begin to speak and, and a priestly anointing will come upon you and lift you and will break through. Pour it on him. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of all honor. He's worthy of all praise. He's the great Lord. Praise Him. Just keep praising Him until the Spirit begins to rise in you. And it becomes prophetic praise. Prophesy to Him. Preach to Him. Glorify Him. Extravagant. Extravagant and lavish words of praise from your heart. Don't hold back. He's worth it. Tell him who he is. He knows who he is, but he likes to hear it from his priests. That's it. Pour it on him. Pour it on him. Maybe it's a sacrifice of praise tonight. Maybe you don't feel good. Maybe you're feeling ill or down. Or maybe you're going through a... Uh... Maybe you're going through a difficulty... The bigger the sacrifice of praise, the more of a sacrifice it is, the greater the honor you're giving to the Lord. So if you're feeling down, depressed, and it's the last thing you want to do, do it. The sacrifice of praise. Pour it on him. Okay, cut the music. I just want to hear the saints. That's right. Don't speak in other tongues. Praise Him in your own language. There we go. Pour it on Him. Pour it on Him. Like the woman that poured out the perfume on the feet of Jesus. She just didn't stop. Because He was worth it. You can't praise him with your mouth shut. Come on now. If he means anything to you, open your mouth. You can't praise him with your mouth shut. That's right, let it flow. It's like incense. Just keep doing it. There's resistance in the spirit. You're, you're flowing well, but there's a resistance in the spirit, and we're going to break that. The devil will not stop us praising God. Don't stop. Trust me. Trust me. Trust my spiritual leadership here. Trust me. Don't stop. Break through.
Keep praising him. Prophesy. Give him thanks for things that he's done. Trust me, if you're feeling a resistance, keep doing it. Let it be the sacrifice of praise. Trust my spiritual leadership. Let pour it out on him. Pour it out on him. The breakthrough. We're going to break through. Praise him. Praise him. Sacrifice of praise from the heart. It might cost you. It's worth the, it's worth the price. Thank him for your salvation. Thank him for the times he's been there for you. His faithfulness. His provision. His lordship. Glory to the Lord, praising creator of all things. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Lord, we're not, we're not here for ourselves alone. But I, th I think we're here gathered to praise you. I think tonight it's actually about you, God. I think that this service is a service unto you. I think this is about you, not about us, but about you, Lord. You, you're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all honor. You're looking for a people that will minister to you. The sacrifice of praise. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Honor and glory. Power and majesty. Salvation belongs to you, Lord. The nations belong to you, Lord. King of glory. Oh, Jesus. I take authority over every work of the enemy in God's people tonight. I take authority over every work of Satan, every demonic power that's operating in God's people in this place tonight, every demonic strategy. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over the works of the enemy. Satan, we cast you out of our lives and circumstances in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Satan, loose your grip on God's people. In Jesus' name, take your hands off God's people. Take your hands off their minds in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Take your hands off their bodies in the name. We rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, we tread on scorpions and serpents tonight. In the name of Jesus, begin to speak in other tongues. I tell you, there is resistance in the spirit tonight, and that is a good sign. Because last Sunday night, we had a breakthrough. We had a breakthrough last Sunday night, and the enemies come to resist us. Just go ahead and speak in other tongues. Let's get into the flow. Go ahead. He that speaks in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to man. You're speaking to God. You're speaking mysteries, spiritual mysteries. Can you just stop clapping up there, my friend? Thank you. Spiritual mysteries. Hallelujah. Prayers coming out of your mouth now. You don't know what you're saying, but they're prayers of the Spirit. Oh God, what we're really asking, Lord, is that you'll open the heavens. That's what we're asking. We're asking, Lord, that you'll open the heavens. Lord, we want to puncture a hole through the heavenly realms to meet you. Lord, we want your grace. We want your presence. Let your kingdom come in our lives, Lord. Let your kingdom come in our lives. Let your will be done. Let your will be done in this place tonight as it is in heaven. God, as it is in heaven. Lord, let there be an earthly footprint. Oh God, God, we need something different. We, we can't go on with the ordinary. Lord, we, 
We can't go on with the ordinary, the suppression of the enemy, holding us back from your presence. Oh God, visit us tonight, Holy Spirit. Visit us tonight. Holy Spirit, we're asking and invoking you to come upon, upon us and fill us by your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we know you're listening. We're asking that you pour out a blessing. Oh, Holy Spirit, we call on you. Will you not hear our voices, Lord, Holy Spirit? We're crying out to you. We're crying out to you, Lord, come amongst us. Oh, Holy Spirit of the living God. Holy Spirit of the living God, will you come and fellowship with us, Lord? Will you come, Lord, Holy Spirit? Oh, God, we're praying. We're praying for you, Lord, the authentic Holy Spirit. Would you come, Lord? Would you hear us as we worship you? Oh, Holy Spirit, would you visit us once again? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, open up the heavens, God. Holy Spirit, come in your delivering power. Come in your delivering power. Deliver us, your people. Deliver us into the presence of the Father. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, prophesy on the platform. I want you to prophesy to the Holy Spirit. Take your microphones. Take your microphones. Take your... on you Lord Holy Spirit we call on you Holy Spirit Lord Holy Spirit to come oh God oh God oh God spirit of breakthrough spirit of intercession Spirit of deliverance, Spirit of healing, Spirit of the living God. Spirit of God, you send 
us to do on these Sunday evenings is I I want to help you become self-igniters. Do you know what I mean? And so every so often I will turn off the music because we love music and everything. Don't want anything to prop us up sometimes. Do you know what I'm saying? And so sometimes when you're in a dark place or a difficult place, you least want to praise the Lord, but that's your first ministry. Your first ministry is to God. That's what he loves. He loves it when you minister to him. And sometimes in this modern age, you think, why would I waste time ministering to God? There's other people that need to get ministered to. But you think of the woman that ministered to Jesus and wasted all that perfume on his feet. It could have been given to the poor. And so sometimes there can be a mindset, well, you know, am I wasting time when I'm praising God? or ministering to him. Never, ever, ever. And it's our own fault, uh, when I say that ministry team fault and worship team's fault, that very often in our worship, we prop up our worship. Turn up the speakers a bit louder. Sounds like we're praising the Lord. Put on the best singers. Sing over. And so sometimes what we can do is we can prop these things up. There's nothing more beautiful, I think. My favorite thing is when God's people are just pouring on the praise to the Lord. I mean, 
Remember we at Westminster Chapel? Anybody at Westminster Chapel at Easter? And there was a time just after, just after the worship when people just began to praise God and just pour it on him and it was just so precious to him. And it's out of that that everything else happens. It's out of your ministry to the Lord that everything else happens. And he is worthy, isn't he? And you did so well tonight because, well, as far as I'm concerned, I felt resistance. Not from you, I felt resistance in the spirit. And that's, I think maybe that resistance was the enemy. We had a real breakthrough last Sunday night. Um, but also I think there's resistance perhaps because of the message I want to bring to you this evening. It, it would make sense if there was resistance to it. Because I want to speak about restoring authority to the church and restoring authority to our individual lives. It's great to have a couple of good friends of mine in the service here today. They're fellow Elim ministers and uh, they're also leading. Uh, you know, ever heard of Teen Challenge? Well, Teen Challenge UK and Teen Challenge Europe. And we've got Reverend Phil Hills with us and Jay Fallon up with us. They're visiting us tonight, so let's welcome them. We appreciate you. So if you would turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9 and verse 14. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Last week I was speaking about redigging the wells of life. And we were talking about how Isaac was told to leave the Philistines. And he found himself in a very precarious place. He found himself in a place with no water. And he had all those flocks, all those servants, all those families, and Isaac had no water. It was a matter of life and death. And so Isaac, what did he do? He said, I remember the old wells that my father Abraham dug. Do you remember that? And he says, if we, I know where they are. If we redig the wells of my father, we'll find water. And I was talking about how if we want God to do what God wants to do in Britain and Europe... And we are desperately, the church is desperately in need of life, spiritual life, so that we can bring and play our part in a revival to bring Europe back to God. Now, we are desperately in need, like Isaac was in need. And often what the church does is it tries, tries to dig new wells, things that have never done before, things that have never been tried before, and says, well, this is a new day, this is a modern day, and therefore the old things don't work. They look at the revivals of the past and they say they'll never work today. It's not true. God has not changed. What we need is another Pentecost. We need to go back to the tried and trusted wells, the wells of our fathers, the wells of prayer, the wells of seeking God, the wells of pan Pentecostal outpouring. We need to go back and dig those wells because the Philistines have filled them in with all matter, manner of modernism is like try everything else but the old paths. We spoke about digging the old wells and going back to the old paths. I mentioned to you that when I went back to my old village in Yorkshire a number of years ago where I was a boy in the 70s and I went up into the hills and I, th and I thought, where are the old paths? There were paths that I used to tra tread as a young boy but over the time those paths had been filled in by grass and all sorts of stuff. But as I went in, I could knock away and see where those old paths were. The church is in that situation. We are in desperate need of old-time life that comes from God. We're in desperate need of impact and power. We've had enough words. We need power. We need authority. We also need to tread the old paths that the saints before us tread in prayer, consecration, devotion, and evangelism. Uh, I know we're in modern days, and we are modern people, but, the, but God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we were talking about this this week, but this week I want to speak about restored authority. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who is a mute spirit. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered and said, O oh, faithless generation, 
How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought to him, they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not? cast it out. So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This was a crisis of authority in the disciples' lives. A crisis of authority. They met a demon they could not conquer. And this was very strange for them. Because Jesus had sent them out with power to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. And you know what? They'd had a measure of success doing that. They had seen the demons come out and people being freed from oppression. They had seen people healed and delivered. And they had seen the kingdom of God and they had rejoiced about it. And Jesus said, hey, by the way, don't rejoice about the fact you have power over the enemy Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And you know, when the enemy comes against us and when we fight the battles that we're fighting, we should always remember that the main thing is, thank you, you've saved me, Jesus. That's the main thing. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is saved lives and saved souls. And there's always something to be thankful for if you're a Christian. You can thank God for heaven. No matter how bad it gets on earth, there's a heaven coming. And, and we don't have to wait for heaven. We're praying, heaven, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so they'd seen this, and Jesus said, keep your minds on heaven. But now they'd run into a difficulty. And in fact, look at it. Not only could they not cast out this demon, but the scribes had turned up. The professional ministers, the teachers and scribes and ministers and pastors, they'd turned up, and they're all discussing. Perhaps they were thinking, uh, why can't we deal with this? They may have been saying, you know, you disciples, what are you doing casting out a demon? This person needs to be on medication. Or discussing, discussing the lack of authority. I think that the disciples are a little bit like the picture of the church today in Western Europe, Western Europe and in Britain. I think, I think that we're here and you can go to so many seminars and so many conferences and read so many books on, on why we can't shift things in Britain today and why we can't shift things. And it's like the scribes have come around and said, we, we can't deal with the enemy. And they're thinking, well, how shall we deal with the enemy? Maybe there's a new strategy needed. Maybe there's a new way of doing church. Maybe there's this, that, and the other. A little bit like I said about Isaac. Isaac didn't go and get the water diviners to find new water. He knew where the tried and trusted wells were. It was just they were filled with rubbish and needed to be cleaned out. Once he had cleaned out the fresh wells, I mean, sorry, once he had cleaned out the old wells and the water was flowing, that's the time to go and see if you can find new wells. And here was the wrong... See, what they were doing here, they were discussing all new methods, all new means, all these things in order to deal with this demon? How are we going to deal with this, this enemy? And they might have had all these ideas, all these church growth plans, all these things. And those things aren't actually wrong in themselves. It wasn't wrong for Isaac later to dig totally new wells. Brilliant. But he needed the old wells first. And so in this passage, we see it's like the church. They've come up 
They're, they're, they're trying to, the Church of Britain is trying to exercise authority. I mean, the church wants to see people saved in Britain, by and large, the Bible-believing church. It's not that nobody wants to do it. The church wants to see growth. We want to take back France. We want to take back Germany. We want to see thousands and millions of people come into the kingdom of God. We want Jesus' prophecy and, and, and great commission to disciple nations, not just individuals, but go into all the world and disciple nations. How many believe that whole nations can be discipled? We've seen those o- over the years. That's what God wants. And yet we've come a- a- across a-, a-, a authority barrier, a power barrier, like the disciples did. And there's disputing and discussions, but none of their discussions could have delivered this boy. None of their discussions. And, and they weren't discussing the right things. And so Jesus came and, and saw the situation, and the, the man is complaining. I, quite, I, I mean, it's quite, quite interesting. The man is complaining. He's like, what's the problem? He said, well, the problem is your disciples can't cast it out. There's a problem. I brought them to your disciples because I'd heard, because they, they, they said they had authority over all the enemy. They said that they had been given authority to trample on serpents. This is what they said. And they said that you had given them authority. And they were singing songs about trampling the devil. And they were singing songs about deliverance from oppression. And they were singing these songs and claiming these things that they had power to deliver. And so I heard their claims and I took them at their word. And I'd heard testimonies that other people had been helped and that other demons had been delivered from people. And so I I came to them and I spoke to your disciples and said, please, will you help me? Will, will Will you do what you say you can do? Will you demonstrate the things that you sing? Will you demonstrate the things that you preach? Because I have a real problem here. I, I, have, I have a son that, that, is, that is in great need. And so the disciples tried to cast out the demon. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine them? Hey, it wasn't just one, it was the 12. Or maybe it started with one, because it was like, hey, no problem, who wants to do it? I'll go, I'll go, but I'll be back for my tea in a few minutes, this won't take long. Demon, come out in the name of Jesus. No. No, no, you don't understand, that's not the way it works. We cast you out, and you go, no. And then, what's this weird? Well, get out, no. Shouting, shouting, get out, 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 out. No, I'm not leaving. What? Okay, uh, James, can you help here? Peter, can you come out? Three of us should do it. Are you ready? Let's, let's get this ready. Let's pool our authority as men of God and disciples of the Master. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we tell you to leave This boy right now, no. No. What What are they thinking? Confusion's starting to come in. This isn't the way it's meant to work. We're meant to go out, preach the gospel and cast out. This isn't the way it's meant to work. No, 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 we have power over demons. That's what Jesus said. I don't understand this. We have power. We've seen demons go. This won't go. And you can, you know, I could preach this, couldn't I? And they get another. And then the whole 12 come around. And the whole 12 say, in the name and power of Jesus, as we as his chosen 12 disciples, demon, come out of this child. No. What do you do? And I think how they felt is sometimes how the Church of Europe feels. We want to do something, but and we've had some measure of success here and there. Thank God for the common work of the Holy Spirit amongst us. You say common? Yes, when I refer to the common work of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the things he's doing in our lives. People are getting saved. Uh, God does intervene. But what we need is not just the common, the everyday work of the Holy Spirit. We need the extraordinary work of the Holy Spirit. We need extraordinary levels of the Holy Spirit. We need Pentecost. You see what I'm saying? We need revival. Revival is when it's not just the common, ordinary, and I mean the ordinary in the nice way, the ordinary day-to-day, thank you, Jesus, work in the church, people getting saved. What we need is revival, where it's an extraordinary work of the Holy Spirit. And I said last week, you know, I don't know how to pray, because say, oh, you're praying for revival. I'm saying, I am not actually praying for revival. I'm saying, Lord, fit us for revival. 
Because I got a feeling that if revival, I may be totally wrong, but I got a feeling if the revival hit the churches in Europe today, it would spoil us and we'd spoil it. What we need, and last week we were praying so strongly about an internal work of the Holy Spirit, weren't we? We're saying, God, do a work in us. Fit us so that we can carry more of your authority, your presence, your glory. Because, you know, it's like I said, as soon as somebody begins to get an explosion in numbers, they get an explosion in ego. And and we can't, we can't. And, and, you know, if you have a church of 10 and you go to 60 and you think you're Billy Graham, what's going to happen when God gives you thousands? You're going to be strutting around. We can't, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And God, God, we're praying, God, fit us for revival. Fit us for revival. And that is a deep, deep work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe he's doing it in many people's lives. I believe that God is raising up, I do, a generation that he's working deep in their hearts. Deep in their hearts. A deep internal work of the Spirit so that we can carry more. Carry more. Carry more. That, that we'll have sufficient levels of the fruit to carry the power. Because I tell you what, when power comes, the first thing that exhibits, when power comes, when authority comes, and this is part of my sermon, well, I'm going ahead, but when power and authority really comes upon our lives, the first thing that happens is any flesh in there gets magnified, 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 magnified. It might be, it doesn't seem like there's much flesh in our lives at the time, but when anointing and power comes, Flesh magnifies. When the Holy Spirit really, really comes, three things take place. Three things take place. What happens is the work of God is magnified. And God's grace in people's life is magnified. That's the first thing. But the second thing is the devil's work comes to the fore. The devil's work in people. The the devil comes to the fore. When the Holy Spirit brings revival, the devil comes to the fore. He comes out. You see, that's why when Jesus walked around, demons would just manifest, wouldn't they? He'd been sharp. You know, he wasn't even casting out demons. He would walk into a crowd. You know, I wonder, I wonder if Jesus was on this platform and just walked into us. I wonder how many manifestations there would be of the enemy. You see, the devil lies low. But when authority and anointing comes, it unearths him. So when the Holy Spirit falls, there are great works of God great manifestations of miracles, but also we see the devil also manifest, and that's part of God's way to deal with it. And thirdly, the third thing that manifests is the flesh, is the flesh. And so when the Holy Spirit moves, these things, so what we need to do is a work of God to mitigate these things, to to get ourselves in a place of consecration, so that when the glory falls, we'll be nameless people, we won't be seeking it, we won't be riding off his glory, riding off his authority. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so here they are, and, and this man is in desperate need. This man, this man reminds me of Britain, the boy reminds me of Britain. And, you know, Jesus is saying what's happening, we see how terrible this is from childhood. You know, this was a particular demon, not all epilepsy is, is demonic. My daughter, a beautiful daughter, she's epileptic. Suffers severely from epilepsy. She's not got a demon. She's one of the most precious children of God I know. It's a medical thing. But, but he was finding this out. And, and look at this. It, um, it throws him in the fire, in the water to destroy him. This demon was out to destroy. How many of you know the devil is a murderer? How many of you know that the devil that works, works in the lives of unbelievers... He's seeking to destroy them. He's seeking to take them to hell. And he's also seeking to destroy them on earth. He wants them to, be, to have destructive lives on earth and then to top it all off, end up in hell. That's his job. That's what he wants to do. It's like this boy. This boy is a picture of Britain and the people of Britain and the people of Europe. And this boy has no control over what the enemy is doing. How many of you know that Satan is Lord of the unbelievers? What a horrible thought. What a horrible thing. That he is the spirit of the power of the air. That those that are dead in their sins and transgressions are under the power of satanic power. It's the devil that has blinded their eyes to the gospel. 
He's blinded their eyes. They can't see. Why? It's the devil. It's the devil's work. It's the devil's kingdom. It's the demon's things. And without the gospel preached, which is the power of God, and the visitation of the Spirit on people calling on God, that's the way it's going to stay. That's the way. And that was the way it was staying right there. And it was throwing him in the fire, in the water. And Jesus said, and he said, have compassion, Jesus. One of the most important motivations of the Christian life is compassion. But sometimes it's the most, it's, sometimes it's one of the hardest things to keep connected to. Compassion. Compassion for one another. It begins in the house of the Lord. And compassion for others. Sometimes there's so much going on in our lives. Compassion is, the, is such a wonderful thing. Compassion. When, when, when the situation of a person touches your life and, you're, and you weep, weeping is a good thing. We need to weep. We need to cry more. Friends, we, we really need to cry more. Cry more. To weep. To see the situation that people are in. What they're going through. And to have compassion. It's a clen- You know, when you weep with compassion in, in the secret place, when you see something, when you're walking around and you see something and you just see a life and you see, and just in an instant, in a blink, you can see what that life is going through. You've done it, haven't you? You can just see, you just see somebody sitting there on the tube and suddenly you just see, you might not know all the details, but you just see the pain and the hopelessness and the destruction. And sometimes that's not because they're all, sometimes it can be somebody with the best suit in the world, financial times under his thing, and you look at them and you think, oh my God, lost. And weeping not only makes a difference to the world, but do you know what? It makes a difference to you. I'd rather weep than laugh. I love laughter. But weeping's more powerful. It cleanses. It purifies. It's powerful. And look at this man. The father cried out and said with tears. Tears. He says, look, all things are possible. One of the things the enemy does is when we look at lives that aren't saved, when we look at our lost loved ones, when we look at Britain and we look at Europe and you look at it and you think, it's impossible. It's impossible. The church is powerless. It can't cast this stuff out. It's tried, but it can't. And the faith levels begin to diminish, begin to diminish. Because what is faith? Faith is seeing things that are not as though they were. It's a difficult thing, but we have to live in the are not. Faith sees things. I mean, when you boil God down, I don't think you should boil God down, but when you, when you take God and you, you bring him right down to who he is. I always go to Romans chapter 4, where you find the God of Abraham. Abraham believed God. Well, if you were to say to Abraham, could you sum up who your God is? I'm in a rush. I'm just going to miss my tube. It's going to be a strike, so I need to get the tube. That's it. Sorry, just start till tomorrow. Can you just tell me, who is your God? I know he's many things, but who is he? He says, I'll tell you who my God is. My God is the God that calls things that are not as though they were. Faith. And secondly, he's the God that gives life to the dead. When it comes down to it, We need to know the God who calls things that are not as though they were and find out what he's calling. Find out what he's calling and start believing it, even though it's not yet. And the other thing is to know that he can give life to the dead. I mean, they all thought this boy was dead, didn't they? He's dead, he's dead. People are talking about the fact that the church is dead. Europe's dead. It's dead, it's dead, it's dead. Well, I thought the whole point of Christianity was about raising things and people from the dead. I mean, wasn't it all about, it's not so much the cross, wasn't it all about the resurrection? There'd be no resurrection, we'd still be in our sins. Isn't it all about speaking into dead souls and causing them to bring new life and be born again? It seems to me that our whole faith is about taking dead things and making them live again. That's what it seems to me. And so I'm thinking, man, we've got a dead Europe. Millions and millions of people don't even know Christ. 
Could it be that God is ready to call Europe back from its death to life? I believe so. And the thing is, the thing is though, we have to be careful because, you know, sometimes people get so excited and we, we can preach it. The disciples can preach it. But we've got to get in a position to deliver it. You say, are you delivering it, Bruce? No, I'm not. But I'm wanting to get in a position to deliver it, play my part in delivering it. Because it's like this, isn't it? Over the years, it's like revival, the preachers say, is just around the corner. Revival 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 is just what you're doing, you're going around in circles. You're going around, it's just around the corner. And then you meet yourself again. Then people get tired of revival. I remember one person studying revival. And uh, he, was, he, was, he was a student of revival. And they were looking at revival in a Pentecostal college. And, and it was Gabriel Chan, a minister here. And he was doing the course too. And, um, and Gabriel said, well, I believe, I believe God for revival, personal revival. I believe it. I believe it. And he turned to him and said, revival? I've tried that, it doesn't work. I've bought the T-shirt, I've done it, it doesn't work. <laughs> Do you know, the thing is, seeking revival is the most healthy thing that we can do. Even if the revival comes in the next generation, if you want to be a healthy Christian, you need to seek God for personal revival. If you cry out for revival for the land, and you do, what happens is seeking revival sanctifies you. Seeking God in the midnight hour, getting close to God, allowing him to wake you up and do his thing. And you're, and you're crying out to the Lord and you're beginning to grow in your desire for the lost. And you're beginning to, to be concerned for, for your nation and your town and for the lost ones. And you're saying, God, we need a revival. As you're doing that, you're being changed on the inside. And so this boy was dead and he was weeping and this, and then Jesus said, and I love the way that Jesus did it. You know, he didn't shout. He didn't bawl. He didn't, he, he noticed there was a big crowd here. And it was almost like, you know, he, wa he wanted to keep the modesty of the man. This wasn't a showcase. You know, in modern day church, if we thought we were about to get a deliverance, the crowds are coming. Okay, give it 10. Sing a few more choruses. The crowd's coming, because this is going to be great. When this, when this boy gets delivered, have you got the cameras? Okay, well, make sure you've got film in the cameras. Give it 10. Are they still coming, Peter? Oh, yeah, there's quite a few. They're delayed on the tube. They'll be here in about 10 years. All right, um, give the notices. Take an offering. No, don't take an offering because they're not all here yet. We're, we're, and then, and so, you know, when Jesus saw the people came running together, he said, right, let's deal with this quickly. And he just, and I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> he just said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. <laughs> Spirit cried out. Before it was the man crying out for need. But now the Spirit's on the run. I like that. Before the Spirit's like, no, I'm not coming out. And I'll make this child cry. And I'll make his father cry. And I'll make you cry out and shout and you can do all your, and I bet they were, you can do all your speaking into, oh, it wasn't Pentecost yet, but you can step, all your name of Jesus stuff you want, 12. You can sh shout and shout and shout at me and shout at the heavens and shout at God. But you know what? I'm not moving. And I'll make this child scream. And I'll make this, this, his father weep again and cry out again. And you can cry. And you do all the crying out because I'm in charge here. And then Jesus comes and says, leave. And now he's crying out. The devil's on the run. And then we end up in the disciples. And I like it. And when he'd come into his house, his disciples asked him privately. You bet they did. <laughs> Just in case. He said, because you're full of the flesh. Well, let's ask him. Should we ask him why we can't do it? But let, let, let's wait till everybody's gone. And he said to them, he said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Fasting is linked to prayer, but prayer. This, this kind can come out. What does this mean? It means that the disciples had, had reached a ceiling in their personal authority in the things of, the, of, of God. They'd reached a ceiling. We know that Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that there are different levels of de demonic powers, aren't there? 
Now, we can't identify those. We can't, you know, we can't map them, spiritually map them. That's beyond Scripture. But we know that there are different levels of demons. Satan at the top, and there are different ranks and different levels and different powers, hierarchies and powers and authorities and thrones and these things. There's different ranks. And so that means that the smaller ranks, the disciples were casting out. And thank God for the... I mean, I don't, I don't want you to think that all is lost. <laughs> no, I, thank, I do honestly thank God for everything that's happening in the British church today. I really do. It's God. So I'm thankful for that. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm thankful for every soul that's saved. I'm not minimizing. I'm just, I just, I'm just thinking about all the billion, millions that aren't being touched. That's all. I'm not minimizing that. I thank God every day for you. I thank God every day for the things he does in life. I am grateful, but, you know, we, if we go around thanking ourselves, we'll never get to the place where we're, we're looking for more. We just stay, stagnate where we are. And I thank God for all those things. I thank God for the move of God. Thank God for miracles. Thank God for changed lives. Thank God for provision. Thank God for breakthrough. Thank God for answered prayer. Thank God for all those things. We're not even scratching the surface of this nation. Not even touching the surface of Europe. And that's what's on my heart tonight. And so what can happen is, individually or corporately, we can get to a certain place where we have authority and then we hit a, a ceiling. You know, it's terrible to be in a situation where you don't have authority. I mean, we're speaking about epileptic children, and there's been times in my life when I've looked at my precious daughter, and she is fitting in front of me. And I am speaking in tongues, and I am speaking healing, and I'm speaking to that, and she's convulsing on the floor, and there's times... I've just stopped. Powerless. Just what I had to say. Powerless. There's times I've done it in panic. Especially in the early days when I didn't know what epilepsy was. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to lead. You don't know what's happening. You're confused. You're dazed. You're like the disciples. And I'll be like, and I would just, I, 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 I would just be panicking. Oh my God, oh my God. God help me. I'd be panicking. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to cope with it. What am I going to do? The ambulance is on its way, and I'm panicking. And the, but then I get to a pla- then I got to a place where sometimes, you know, I would do it, and, and I'd just stop because I'd say, "God, it's not working. I don't have power. I don't have power." And the helplessness as it's going on. Well, now I've learned I just pray anyway. But there's a certain sense of powerlessness there. So I understand what the Father's like. And I think that's like that for us sometimes in, ma- in many areas of our lives. That's, we're talking about God, will you bring a breakthrough? God, will you save so-and-so? God, will you, will you do something? God, will, will you? And thank God for the times he does. We could have testimonies all night. Thank God. But there comes a place in your life and my life where we reach a ceiling. We can reach a ceiling in our preaching, our personal preaching. You know what I'm saying? There's times when I've, whether people notice or not, there's times I've, I've, I've hit a ceiling in my preaching. I can still preach. I'm thinking, that's it, I can't, I need more authority, I need, I need more power to do the job, not to be a better, greater preacher. I, where's the power? Where's the power? I need, I need, or in our ministries, if I can use, or in our churches, it's funny, isn't it? A church can grow to a certain level, but then stops. And you say, well, there's methods, and yeah, that's true. You have to, you know, it's different to look after 100 people than it is 10. It's different to look after 1,000 people than 100. And yes, you have to grow in your leadership. We know all those things. Those are the, but those are secondary things. It's the authority. It's the power. And so Jesus said, look, this you can have authority over, but it comes out by prayer. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we now go into frenetic fastings and prayers? And, do you know, it's not like that. What we, do is what, we ha- what we have to do is recognize that we've hit a ceiling, but recognize that God wants us to go through that ceiling. Jesus didn't say to, the, say to them, you don't have, you'll never have power to break through in this area in your life. And let's take it away from a demon now. It's where you're hedged in. It's where 
in whatever area of your life, spiritual life, whatever, it's where you're hitting this. It's where, can I ask you a question? Can you, could you identify where your story is here? If I was to say, where are you where you can't cast it out? Where are you where you're at the limits of not your authority? Jesus said we've been given all authority. But if we've been given all authority, I want to see the power. So just be, they'd been given authority. But he says what you need is you need to exercise authority. You need prayer. Now this prayer is not simple like praying for something to happen. This, this prayer is connection with God. This prayer is being able to carry the Father's will. This prayer is getting into a situation where you can carry that extra authority. Where you can actually, when, that actually, when you break through, you're in a different place with God. This prayer is not just, oh, if I pray five, t- five hours more, I'll, I'll deliver this demon. It's nothing of the sort. That wasn't what Je- Jesus prayed because he was in the presence of his Father. This prayer is about changing the things on the inside of us, increasing our understanding of who God is. This, this prep, the most important thing that changes when you pray is you. That's the most, the other stuff you're praying for, those are side effects. The most important thing is you. And God wants us to come to him in prayer. And I believe that there's going to be increased seasons of prayer in our life. Holy Ghost seasons in prayer. And we're going to see changes in our lives. Ceilings in your own personal character. You know, you've been in the faith for 10 years and you still can't kick that habit. You've been in the faith 10 years and, and you've still got a bad attitude. You're still a cynic, whatever it might be. You know, 10 years and you're like that. God doesn't want it to stay like that. God wants us to have authority over the works of the enemy in our lives in a higher level. God wants us to have authority in Kensington Temple in, our, in a higher... God wants to lift us up to new levels of authority, new levels of breakthrough, new levels, new levels. I'll tell you what, they, le- they learnt this lesson to the place where Peter Shadow could heal people. You know what I'm saying? That was the Holy Spirit. And that, what was that? When the day of Pentecost came, what had they been doing for 50 days? Sitting watching God TV. <laughs> doing friendship evangelism. Praying. Seeking God, praying, seeking God, praying. The old wells, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. What we need is the book of Acts, 2014. Nothing's changed. What we just have to do, we just have to go back. We just have to do the old paths, walk the old paths and dig the old wells. We've got to, we've just got to pray, but not prayer for prayer. We've just got to seek the Lord. Seek, only God can do it. We've just got to, God is, I'm telling you, Remember when I said last time, I said, the trouble is that we're, we're all th- we, that often with thermometers and not thermostats. And so we think, we sort of like, how am I doing with the Lord? Well, how am I doing with my peer? Um, I, I, am I, my, I, I'm, as, I'm as hot for God as my peer. I'm as hot for God as my f- Christian friend. I'm as hot for God as another pastor. I'm as hot for God for them. Yeah, but they're two degrees. If we had the old saints visit us from the past, and walked amongst us, what would we feel? God is planning to give you a breakthrough. Colin Dye, our senior minister, said in January that this was the year of breakthrough. And we know that, you know, to Pente- Pentecostals, every year is a year of breakthrough, prosperity, <laughs> best year, you know, every year is the best year in your life. We understand the Pentecostal language, but this was a word from God. Now, if there's a breakthrough, There's got to be something to break through. And this is what this is saying. Let's just stand on our feet right now and just receive a blessing from the Lord. If any of the ministry team have words for physical healings, come up on the platform right now. Physical healings, that's all I'm wanting. Physical healings, come up on the platform right now. But let's let's just receive right now from the Holy Spirit. Lord... Just come up on the platform. Yeah, yeah, come up on the platform so that you're ready. Lord, God, we're just here. We're just here, Lord. We want that work. We want that work on the inside, God. The internal working of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're asking for, Lord. 
more than miracles, more than blessings, more than external breakthroughs. Don't leave us as we are. Vis visit, do that heart work, Lord. We don't want external chastening. We want internal sanctifying. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come again. We ask you to come again into our lives, deep into our hearts and our minds. God, to work on things. Lord, open our eyes. Sometimes, Lord, sometimes, Lord, I feel I'm so blind I can't see. Can't see things as you see them. We assume we see things as you see them, hear things as you hear them. God, we, we, there needs to be internal change. God, you, in order for us to call those things that are not, we have to see them and believe them in the heart of God. God, do a work in our lives, Holy Spirit. Let us be part of something new. Melt our hearts. Lord, we talk about the wells of revival. What about the wells in our own lives? You said, I've given you a well of salvation. And out of that well is meant to flow, not trickle, but flow rivers of living water. God, if there's anything that stopped up our wells and prevented, Lord, we ask that you will do a work in our time. Just as you're standing, maybe you're here tonight and you've not given your life to the Lord properly. You've not said, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Don't be like the picture of this boy dominated thrown this way and that by the devil and not even knowing what's going on don't be like don't be dead like that boy but you're just one prayer away from new life because if you believe in your heart tonight it's a gift salvation all you do is believe it if you believe in your heart tonight that Jesus died for you carried your sins and rose again on the third day. If you believe it, you ask him to forgive you tonight, you will be saved. With every head bowed right now, if you want to step in to God's kingdom, have your sins forgiven, come, up, come from out under the power of the enemy. Stop having the enemy throwing you left, right and center, bullying you, but come into a place of kingdom of peace, joy, love, and you're ready to save. Jesus, forgive me. I want you to lift your hand right where you are, downstairs and upstairs. Lift your hand so I can pray for you. Keep it high at the back. Consolidators, keep, keep it high if you're praying. Keep it high. I'm not praying for anybody that keeps their hands down. Yep, hands are going. Keep it high because you're, you're holding it up saying, Jesus, this is my prayer. Keep your hands high. The reason I don't pray for people that keep their hands down is that Jesus, he didn't lift up his hand up for you. He lifted his body on a cross died a shameful death so if you want it you can signal it Lord we thank you for those hands that are lifted up right now if you lifted up your hands I want you to do one more thing I want you to leave your seat and come down to the platform so we can pray for you if you came with a friend they can accompany you if you brought a handbag take it with you but just we'll wait for you in the balcony consolidators help people come forward just as that's happening can I have the um, microphone, please? Just give your, give your, give your, amen. Right, amen. They're, they're coming now from upstairs. That's right, welcome. Father, we thank you for these lives, Lord. We thank you for their courage and boldness tonight. Their sins have forgiven them and a new life. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless them. 
We're going to take you and give you a New Testament. Just pray for you in a room behind us. Nothing weird is going to happen. Nothing that you don't want is going to happen. We're just going to give you a gift, pray for you and bring you back. So if you'd like to do that. Um, but right where you are, we just got a few words that we want to give you. Give your, you give. I saw a picture. Nice and loud. I saw a picture for someone. You are feeling very heavy. Is that from shoulder for all of your body sometimes you try to move or to do something you can't do it and I heard the voice in Isaiah 65 the Bible said the Lord says I made myself known to those who were not asking for me I was found by those who were not trying to find me if God was able to help this kind of people God wants to help us as well thank you a spirit of uh, heaviness as well and uh, this spirit it, it makes even your body you know make gets ill you don't feel well it's so heavy just like my sister just said but the Lord says cast your burdens unto me and your, your yoke will be easy I believe the Lord is saying in James chapter 4 7 to 8 therefore submit to God Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Well, I have something for um, maybe a lot of you here, but it's stemming from Psalm 91, where it speaks about God's provision, God's protection. I believe that when you seek God, he will bring you to times of refreshing, times of restoration. A time of new anointing, not the anointing of yesterday, but the anointing, a fresh new anointing. Amen. Amen. We're going to have the ministry team here at the front right now. And if you've got any of those words, speak to you. We'll pray for you. If you've got any needs tonight for healing or anything you say, I'd just like some prayer for. We're going to spend another 10, 15 minutes just worshiping the Lord. But if you want prayer for anything during that time, do come and we have our trained ministry team here for you. If you want, if you need to go, you can go at any time here as well. Have a wonderful bank holiday Monday if you're not working. But we're just going to spend some time now just seeking the Lord and praying for those that have need. I saw the Lord seated on the throne. Feel free to come forward if you want prayer. He was clothed in glory. 